The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Marty Granoff. Uh, he is an expert in the whole industry of cash flow, both investing in cash flows, uh, selling your cash flows, and brokering cash flows. Welcome to the show, Marty. Thank you, Jordan. Pleasure being here. Let's just start with your background a little bit and how you got to uh, be where you are at Cashflow Exclusive. Um, started in the cash flow industry about a little over 20 years ago when I was uh, I was going to a local real estate investment club and they invited a speaker in who was talking about real estate notes. And I had never even heard of real estate notes other than knowing that uh, banks loan out money to give mortgages and make money on interest. I didn't realize other things that could be done with the buying and selling of real estate notes. So that really excited me, and I knew I knew a lot of investors who could be interested in buying that kind of investment, that kind of cash flow. And uh, that introduced me to the cash flow industry. We did that for several years, and then um, we realized there was a need in the uh, first with state lottery winners. At that time, there were no lump sum options that were offered to winners. That just started maybe, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years ago in the various states. Back then, 18 years ago, uh, that option was not there. So we said, you know, what we're doing here for real estate notes, maybe we can do the same thing with the future lottery payments. And uh, we got into that in a, in a big way. In fact, almost uh, not doing real estate notes anymore. And we did that for quite a few years. And then we started getting calls from people with other kinds of cash flows, like lawsuit settlements, and uh, they sold their business and took back notes, or they had annuities and they needed to get out of the annuities, and one thing led to another, and this whole industry just really exploded. And uh, um, we've been very happy. I wish I learned about this uh, 40 years ago. How big an industry is it today? I have no idea. I mean, it's in the I'd billions of dollars? With, with some statistics, but I just know that uh, there's quite a few of us uh, in the field, and maybe not that many actual investors, but certainly many brokers who find available cash flows and bring them to investors like us. There seems to be enough business for everybody. So uh, I have no idea how big or small the industry is. I just know it's been good to us. Let's take it from each. There are three parties to every transaction. There's a a seller, a buyer, and a broker, somebody who puts the two to, the, together. So let's take Sometimes, it from... Sometimes, no broker, but uh, most of them, most times there is a broker involved, yes. Yeah. So let's take it from each point of view and kind of see why it makes sense for them to do it. Uh, let's start with the investor. Uh, why would an investor want to invest in a cash flow uh, uh, enterprise of some kind? Um, I think that's it, it becomes um, quite obvious when one understands the, the risks associated with these types of cash flows. Uh, investors are very frustrated now with the uh, yields they're able to get in safe investments. 
you know, whether it be banks or uh, annuities, uh, buying new annuities from insurance companies, um, we're able to come along when we have a need for investors, which is not all the time. As I mentioned to you in the past, Jordan, most of our investing is done with our own funds. But when we do bring investors in, we're able to offer them yields uh, quite a bit higher than what they're able to get, let's say, in the bank uh, or with insurance company annuities, brand-new annuities, uh, with comparable risk. So if someone can buy a cash flow coming out from uh, Metropolitan Life Insurance Company or Prudential, where the risk there is that uh, Metropolitan Life fails or Prudential Life fails, uh, we've got a pretty secure cash flow for quite a higher interest rate than they could earn uh, with their money in the bank or places but, like but that. But you're saying these cash flows are higher than what you're going to get from a major insurance company as well, the yields you're getting. Uh, the difference being if one is buying it new from an insurance agent versus our buying it in the secondary market, we're, we're, we're buying existing cash flows. So let's say somebody went out and bought an annuity, uh, uh, you know, they wanted to get so much a month for so many months, uh, it's a lot of times for life. Uh, they give the, uh, the agent, uh, $100,000 and he, uh, the agent and the insurance company are guaranteeing him so much a month for whatever the time period is. We're not buying, uh, that way. We are buying later when that same person has a change in, in life, something's, something's happened where those monthly payments aren't working for him anymore and he needs to cash out, we come along and buy that existing cash flow but at a discount, just like buying real estate notes at a discount. Uh, and that, Because of that discount, that's where the higher yield comes from than the original yield. So simple. <laughs> And how are the yields typically paid? Is it monthly, quarterly, annually? How, how are they typically paid? All, all the above. So sometimes, if you get it paid more frequently, you've got a lower yield? If, if you get... No, no, no. The yield, uh, usually the yield uh, would be in brackets where if we're, we're talking about, let's say, uh, up to a 10-year or 15-year period, the yields might be a little bit lower than if we're talking about uh, cash flows longer time period, 20 years, 25, 30 years. Remember, we don't determine um, the time period involved. That was established before we ever came along. So we're buying the existing cash flow, whatever the payment is, whatever the time period is, and the longer the yield, usually the higher, excuse me, the longer the cash flow, the, long, the higher the yield. And what is the liquidity from the investor's point of view if they needed to sell, if they bought it? And then they need to sell it for some reason, good, e good either question. part of it or all of it. What, what do they do? That's a good question, Jordan. We've had experience of existing investors, even ourselves, for one reason or another, where we wanted to sell, um, and we were able to do it. But that doesn't mean that that's, that ability is going to continue because we need the cooperation of the insurance company. And insurance companies are not guaranteeing us that uh, if an investor wants to resell the cash flow, that they'll go along with that. Thus, whenever we put an investor in something like this, we want it understood that they've got this for life, or, or you know, the life of the cash flow, which could be only five years or something. But once they're in, they're in. They should not anticipate being uh, uh, getting out of it sooner before it's over with. And what is the typical lifestyle lifespan? Is it five years to thirty years? What what, what do people you know, have to choose from? I don't from? really know if there's a typical Jordan. Um, 
pushing me for an answer there, I'd say maybe uh, 10 years. But we've had cases where we've gone out 30 years. We've had cash flows brought to us actually 50 years, but we, we've, we wouldn't buy the whole thing. We'd only buy some of that. Uh, also, there are some unusual situations where we might be buying one lump sum due in 20 years. Nothing like a zero-coupon bond, kind of. I mean. Like a zero-coupon, except we don't have any uh, tax issues with that. The uh, I forget what that's called. It's associated with zero-coupon bonds. Um, it's imputed interest, you mean? Um, imputed interest, correct. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Do not have okay, so, with so for, for investors, so the reason they want to get into this is it's secure. It's a higher yield than they're going to get from a bank CD or annuity of uh, – the traditional new annuity of an insurance company these days. Um, how is the discount uh, arrived at uh, that they're going to be paying uh, for the uh, cash flow? It's really based on interest rates, where interest rates are at the time, which uh, I guess we could correlate that to today. We're able to pay much more to sellers than we ever could because interest rates are so low and Investors, including ourselves, are willing to accept lower yields. Uh, example, when we first went into this business, uh, remembering the, the first uh, year or so of lot when we bought the lottery payments, so this is like uh, 18 years ago, give or take, and we needed private investors, and, and these investors, it was a whole new concept, both for us and for them, and we had to pay some pretty high yields to them. But over the years, uh, the yields have come down, and now, you know, much lower. So it's based on where interest rates are at the time. So is there a particular spread over, say, treasuries or something? Uh, no, not particularly, no. I'd like to that, say that there was a fixed formula, but there isn't. So it, it's it's really between the buyer and seller to agree on what – there's some negotiation involved? Sometimes, yes. Usually the negotiation would be between us and the seller, so it is before it's presented to the investor. That's correct. Yield has been set because we typically know what our investor wants. So since we know in advance what they want for that type of cash flow, then that that is uh, imputed, uh, or uh, the, uh, there's an input of that when we do our negotiating with the seller of the cash flow. And is the yield the investor gets dependent on the underlying credit? Is there a kind of a risk premium? Some are safer, some are more risky. Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, most of the business that we're doing is uh, the payor is a lottery commission or an insurance company, and we're only dealing with uh, A or better rated insurance companies. So um, um, you know, we're pretty comfortable with that. If we start getting involved in, in other activities like uh, buying business notes or um, buying notes on real estate notes on mobile homes, yes, the yields are substantially higher because the risk is much higher. Okay. So that's pretty much from the investor's point of view. Uh, they're getting a higher yield. There's still great assurance, and they're locking in. They should not assume they're going to be selling it is basically what you're saying. Say that again, Jordan. I'm sorry. From the investor's point of view, they're basically locking in a yield that's higher than they can get from a bank CD or anything like that, or a new annuity today from an insurance company, and they um, should not assume they're going to be selling it, and it's really a quite secure investment from their point of view. Is that what you're saying? That's it. Okay. So now let's take it from the seller's point of view, the seller of the cash flow. 
what is their motivation to sell? I mean, they've got this annuity or this lottery payment lined up for many years. Why do they want to give up some of that in a discount and, and get cash for it now? Uh, there are both positive and negative reasons for doing this, and we've probably seen most of them over the years. Uh, the negatives would be uh, that some uh, um, they just lost their, their job, uh, big medical bills, they've just got some issues, and they need some lump sum money. Even lottery winners come across uh, these problems, believe it or not. Uh, on a positive side, a lot of times a business opportunity comes along that they'd like to take advantage of, and the monthly payments or annual payments that they're getting just isn't generating enough for them. So they're looking to sell some or all of their future payments or maybe half of each year for the next 10 years or whatever it might be, you know, whatever is needed to give them the money that they need. And then they go out and they buy that business or make that investment. Or I'm thinking in one case we had some lottery winners sold off money because they were uh, from Cuba and they wanted to bring some other family members over from Cuba, and this money did it for them. So there's all kinds there's of reasons. A lot of different reasons, yes. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break and get into this in more detail. Uh, my guest this hour is Marty Granoff. Uh, he is the Executive Vice President at Cashflow Exclusive. Uh, their website is cashflowexclusive.com to find out more about this whole business of cash flows. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Are you and your family in debt? Today, over 40% of American households are spending more than they make. And that means our society is getting deeper and deeper in debt. Escape the Debt Trap with host and attorney Kenneth Neely is here to help you avoid the problems involved with debt, including rebuilding credit, filing bankruptcy, short-selling your home, resolving IRS tax problems, and much more. Escape the Debt Trap airs live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Marty Granoff. Uh, he's the Executive Vice President at Cashflow Exclusive, uh, which is a company that helps people invest in cash flows and find cash flows. Welcome back to the show, Marty. Thank you, Jordan. I just wanted to go a little bit more into the motivation for people selling uh, their cash flows. Uh, they need cash now. Do they think they can get a, a better return on their money because they've locked in a certain amount and they can invest it better? Is that why they're often selling as, as far as a, a good reason for selling, as you might put it? Um, they're not typically – well, I guess the answer would be yes, but they're they're not investing – Usually for yield, if they're selling to invest, they're investing in, uh, um, a, they want to start a new company, they want to start a new business, um, or some real estate came along where they can get a great, uh, great deal on the real estate, but um, uh, they need a lot more money to buy it than they have themselves. So they want a big cash flow, uh, a big uh, yeah, lump sum not, to, they're to invest. They're not looking for a lump sum to buy something that's higher yielding. It's more, I guess, capital gain type oriented, you know, looking to, to make a lot more money with a lump sum than they can with the uh, recurring payments. Can you give me a range of the discounts that people would have to, as a seller, uh, you're discounting what you'd be getting in the future, just a rough range based on the number of years or based, I'm not sure exactly what the discount is based on, but just a rough range of what kind of discount people would have to accept when they're selling their cash flows. Jordan, you're asking me a question that I never answer. <laughs> um, the yield, uh, the discount, um, it's an annual, it's computed on an annual basis. So um, whether it's five years or 50 years, on an annual basic basis, the, the discount is pretty similar. It's well, about 50 years, so the annual rate will be a little bit higher. But you know, to say, are we buying 50 cents on the dollar, 75 cents on the dollar, that's really very difficult because, well, obviously, if we're only going out uh, five years, we can pay a lot higher percentage uh, than if we bought 20 years of cash flow or 10 years of cash flow. I just know, and I always answer this by saying it's a very reasonable number where the seller should not have any discomfort in accepting this discount. It's not a killer. It's not something where they're being raped or, or being taken advantage of just because of the, the solidness of the cash flow. We don't need to do that. Okay, so now let's take it from the broker's point of view. Explain the role that a broker plays and what's in it for a broker to put the buyer and seller together. Uh, the broker uh, is a very interesting industry in itself. There are and have been numerous courses that have been offered to people looking for new careers in the cash flow industry where they are taught how to locate available cash flows for sale and then bringing them to investors like us. So we would get a call from uh, ABC broker. He would give us some basic information uh, that we would need to come up with a purchase quote. We then take that purchase quote and give it to the broker. The broker then reduces that amount by whatever he thinks he can do. He can reduce it by and still make a sale uh, and gives that reduced number to the seller of the cash flow. 
the seller then you know may negotiate, may not. But let's say the seller says, "Great uh, broker, let's do this." So then the broker just made himself the difference between our quote to him and his quote to the seller, and it could be a lot, it could be a little, you know, whatever the broker plugged in there for himself. So there's a spread in there. The spread too. That's it. So I mean, just roughly, is it like? Three percent, seven percent. What's even the range of the spread? Again, that we, there's get? no roughing here. Um, many of them don't. In fact, most of them don't go by percentages. It's more uh, a feel uh, and a dollar amount. Uh, and I know we've paid brokers anywhere from as little as uh, a couple hundred dollars to uh, substantially more. I mean, substantially more. What's the biggest you've ever paid? Uh, I'm not comfortable telling you that, Jordan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no problem. But it can no. be very substantial. Because if you yeah, really get serious very, about it, it was very nice. It was a win-win for everybody. The seller was happy, broker happy, we were happy. It was really a, it was a lottery situation, pretty big lottery. So there was a I lot mean, of room there. For all these deals to work, it has to be win-win for everybody, right? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's start getting into some of the specific kinds of cash flow uh, opportunities that are out there. The first one is uh, business notes. Uh, so maybe just explain briefly what business notes are and uh, how those work uh, in, in, as a cash flow to invest in. Sure. Um, there are many businesses that uh, are for sale, and it's not unusual where a buyer coming along is not able to get bank financing to be able to help him buy the business. So to facilitate the sale of the business, the uh, seller of the business will finance some of that purchase. So let's say the business is being sold for a million uh, yeah, for a million dollars and the buyer can come up with uh, half a million dollars. Uh, the seller sometimes will feel comfortable uh, taking back a note for half a million dollars you know, under such and such interest rates, such and such terms and the buyer will make those, those payments to the seller uh, each month or quarterly or however it's set up. And a lot of times the, the, the sellers of the business are very happy getting that cash flow. Uh, they're retiring on it. They're doing whatever with it. Other times they, uh, they may want to buy another business or take a trip around the world or whatever, and they decide to sell some or all of those future payments. And we come along, and if we're comfortable with the business and with the, the buyer and that the, that the business has been operating for you know, successfully, and the buyer has demonstrated experience and you know, different underwriting uh, stuff that we look for. Um, we will buy some or all of that uh, the future payments on the business note. So the buyer will start making the whatever payments we bought. He'll make the payments to us instead of to the seller, or we'll have it routed through the seller's attorney, where we'll have the uh, the seller instruct the buyer to make all those future note payments to the buyer's attorney. Then the attorney will send us the checks every month. There's something called buying a partial when it comes to businesses. What does that yeah, mean? Absolutely. Uh, well, the example I just gave you, that could be, a, let's say, a five-year note, half a million dollar five-year note. And uh, so um, forgetting, without figuring the interest in, that's 100000 a year for five years. Uh, the the seller of the business, the the, who's the fellow who's holding that note, uh, he might decide to just sell two years worth, or um, fifty thousand a year of the hundred thousand a year for the full five years, 
or we could even buy the last two years of payments. These would be partials. So what happens if, if something goes wrong with a business? It's been going well for a long time, but for whatever reason, business yeah, turns down and it's hard. We try to get the collateral, uh, but a lot of times if a business fails, there isn't really much, much there with collateral. And uh, if there's real estate involved, that certainly helps. But um, that's a different animal, obviously, to, uh, Jordan, than buying uh, annuity payments or buying lottery payments. Different animals. So is this considered a higher risk kind of cash flow? Absolutely. So, so therefore, you get a higher yield as an investor in it? Correct. Are there some businesses that are better than others, the kinds of businesses that are, this is particularly appropriate for? Mm, hasn't been our experience. Um, you know, there, there's been some notes that we've acquired that uh, we thought were golden, and fortunately, we have, we've never lost with any of these, but you know, there's been some slow pace sometimes, and issues come up, and you know, we really never know for sure. So there's no one category of business that we prefer over any other. No. Another area that you like to uh, offer is equipment leasing. Uh, so maybe explain how an equipment leasing cash flow would work. Jordan, we actually do not do equipment leasing. Oh, okay. It's on your website. <laughs> you sure? Absolutely. Okay. So anyway, check that out. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> okay, no, no problem. That's something we never got involved with, uh, equipment leasing. Sorry. All right. Uh, another area that you have listed on your website, by the way, your website is cashflowexclusive.com, right? Uh, that's for the uh, the magazine and the website that we have uh, our own specific business here, which is granoffenterprises.com. Uh, what is the phone number that people can reach you if you want to find out more about all this? Uh, it'd be 800-869-6060. And the uh, email would be granoff at granoffenterprises.com. Now, another form of uh, uh, cash flow financing is pre-settlement lawsuit financing. Mm -hmm. So explain how that works. There are uh, many people that, um, let's say someone was in a car accident, so typical, and uh, they decide to sue the people who hit them, and the suit is dragging on and on and on, and, and the people start getting, uh, the plaintiff gets quite frustrated here waiting and, Maybe they were hurt, they can't work, uh, they're, they're whatever, and a lot of financial pressure. And they start pressuring their attorney to settle the case already because they need the money. And the attorney is saying, no, no, I know we can get a lot more out of this. Uh, let's not rush it. So a conflict develops between the plaintiff and his attorney. Well, there's a whole field that uh, we're part of where we can uh, advance money to the plaintiff uh, to cover his, his, uh, expenses and take the pressure off so that the attorney can continue doing the best job he can do to settle the case for the most he can settle it for. So it's called pre-settlement funding. So do you have to do a legal analysis of whether they're going to win the case? And what happens if they do that and then they we end do. up losing the case? Uh, no, no payback. So quite risky. So, so yes. that is one of the more risky cash flows out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. And yes, there is quite a, a full, legal underwriting that, that is done at our end of the case to, to evaluate it. So are there also, after somebody has already won a lawsuit and has a settlement, can you uh, buy that as a cash flow as well? Uh, what you're referring to now is what we call structured settlements, where let's say the same 
uh, automobile accident case, so the case got settled, and instead of was instead of it being a lump sum payment at settlement, it's a combination of a lump sum payment and future payments being paid over time. Um, these typically are the payments are coming from an insurance company, whereby the defendant who agrees to these uh, settlement terms actually goes out and acquires an annuity from a life insurance company to guarantee and physically make those future payments to the plaintiff. So the plaintiff initially agrees to this and usually is quite thrilled about it, but as some time goes by and maybe the plaintiff just lost his job or whatever, and uh, he knows all that future money's out there due him, but he needs it now. What he's getting is not enough. So they come along and we buy some or all of those future payments. Same, it's all the same concept. It's after the settlement's already done. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Marty Granoff. Uh, he is the executive vice president at Cashflow Exclusive, uh, which helps people understand the whole cash flow business, puts buyers and sellers together. His website is cashflowexclusive.com. His phone number 800-869-6060. We'll be back after this. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Marty Granoff. 
Uh, he's the executive vice president at Cashflow Exclusive. His company is also Granoff Enterprises, which helps people uh, buy and sell various cash flows. Welcome back to the show, Marty. Thank you, Jordan. We talked a little bit about structured settlements. Let's get into that a little bit more. Sure. One of them is the lawsuits. People have actually won a lawsuit and got a settlement, and they can sell that. What are some other structured settlements that can be sold? Uh, I think it, typically all the structured settlements are lawsuit settlements. Okay. Uh, by definition, structured settlement would be a where somebody a lawsuit took place where it was there was personal injury or death involved, like car accident, medical malpractice, and a settlement involved cash and settlement and future payments. I now, think unlike other, unlike other cash flows, if a structured settlement is sold, it has to be approved by the court. Is that that's correct. Right. Yeah. How, how does that work? Uh, we need to obtain a court order to be able to buy the future payments from the settlement of these uh, personal injury cases. Uh, the insurance company will not agree to send those future payments to anybody else unless they are presented a court order. So we, there are laws in place telling us what we need to do and we get a court order, we deliver the court order to Metropolitan, Prudential, Hartford, whoever the insurance company happens to be, and we get a confirmation letter back from them stating they receive the order and they will abide by the order, and that confirms to us that whatever payments we uh, we bought, they will send those payments directly to us when due. Do the courts give those out easily, or is that difficult to get from the court? Uh, if we put the file together well, and we do our due diligence properly, we shouldn't have any problems with the judge. However, it does happen. Sometimes there are some judges who do not like people selling their future payments under any circumstance, and there's nothing that we could do to change their mind. It's up to the discretion of the judge. It's not a certain rule they have to follow. That's right. Yes, okay. the judge is looking mainly for you know, full disclosure, he wants to make sure that uh, the uh, the seller is being treated fairly, and this is all good. I mean, we're glad to have this, um, but but sometimes a, a judge just uh, there's no way of convincing a judge to, that this will help the seller. So it Do doesn't have insurance to. companies resent paying money to who it was not intended for originally? Um, in the beginning, I would think more so than now. Because it's more of an, it's a lot of administrative extra work for them to do this, but they're charging us a fee, so they're picking up some extra fee. Fortunately, it's not too much, um, so they're not thrilled about it, but they do it. Now, in addition to structured settlements, which are lawsuit winnings, there are other kinds of annuities, and let's talk about them one at a time. First one being lotteries, and you said you spent time at the beginning of your career in that. Yep. So, say you're a lottery winner. Um, how how do, does that work? Do you approach lottery? Is this why lottery winners go into to hiding as everybody's trying to get them to sell their annuities in the lottery? How does the whole process work with the lottery? Uh, typically, the, the winner will have owned it for a while. Well, as most people know, the current winners, and when I say current, uh, let's say starting uh, eight years ago or to now, uh, they're given a lump sum option when they win. So if we were ever to do business with them, we can't pay them more than the state does in terms of the amount of the lump sum. Um, some of them, not many, will choose the annuity payout at the time that they won, and then as time goes by, for whatever reason, 
they decide to either partially or fully change their mind and sell some or all of the remaining payments. Our main market is those who won nine years ago, 11 years ago, 15 years ago, where they never had the option. They had to take the annuity payout. And uh, for whatever reason, they're looking to sell some future payments. And for these also, by the way, Joy, we need to go to court and get court orders. So most people today, you're saying, who are winning lotteries are taking a lump sum, so there yeah. aren't as many of these created? That's correct. So it's, it's a bit of a dying breed, you're saying? Um, probably uh, in a matter of time, I don't know how many years, um, there'll be less and less potential business for us. Yes, I okay. agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, other annuities would be uh, contests and casino winnings. How yeah. do those work? Uh, these are really nice. We enjoy, we enjoy working with these. Um, in terms of casino, uh, many people hear about the uh, big uh, slot machine wins, uh, typically called the progressive slots, where slot, slot machines are tied together across the country, you know, where there's thousands, maybe even more. I don't know how many machines would be tied together with a common pool, a wind pool. And so, when winners win these, you're hearing about prizes of a million and more. Um, a lot of times, these are uh, the game is run by a company called International Game Technology, uh, otherwise known as IGT. A lot of people have heard of them. Uh, they're the ones that are responsible for making the um, those the payments, whether it's a lump sum payment or a payout. And sometimes these winners are not given a lump sum option. Other times they are given a lump sum option. We haven't figured out who decides that. But those who are, are taking a payout, the payout is typically over 20 years, and um, they're, they're usually not too happy about that. So they may keep it for a couple of years and then decide, let me, let me try to sell this, see if I can uh, uh, sell some or all of these future payments. And that's where we come along. I mean, we buy those. A little higher risk because it's not a state lottery commission that will be making the payments. It's a public company, IGT. But they have a good record. They're pretty secure. Excellent. Excellent record, but, you know, there's, it, it's riskier than it coming to us from the Florida Lottery or the New York Lottery or whoever. If there are two buyers, two investors who want to uh, go f- buy the same uh, annuity or structured settlement, do they compete on price? One will take a lower yield than the other? Or what happens when there are two buyers for the same Cool. Jordan, I'm not understanding your question. If, if there's a, a somebody just want to say, let's take a lottery one, and uh, the person's agreed to sell their annuity payments in the lottery, and there are two investors who want to buy that. Us or somebody else? Yeah. Us and somebody uh, else? Okay. Um, how is it determined who ends up winning Whoever that to, the most to buy money. It? Whoever offers them the most money. So the most money means the higher payments, and, and therefore they're going to get a lower yield. Is that right? The, the higher the payment to the lottery winner by the investor, the lower yield the investor is willing to accept. Right. Yeah. So the winner is accepting a lower yield. The winner's just getting a lump sum. No, I mean the winner of the, the winner, the buyer the of the cash flow. The, the, the investor who ends up buying that cash flow. Is that is that what you're talking about? Right. So yes, so does, is that happening today because other yields are so low? Investors are bidding against each other 
therefore accepting lower yields because there's competition to get at these gas It's firms? always been that way. I mean, there's always been competition in the field. And uh, But uh, you really asked me a two-part question there. The uh, investors like us are willing to pay more today for the same lottery stream than we would have paid five years ago because interest rates are lower now. So we're willing to accept a lower yield on our money, which translates to paying more to buy the cash flow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, good. Okay, another area of cash flows are private mortgages, private mortgage notes. Uh, explain how that might work. Um, there's many people, especially in today's world, who have homes for sale where um, uh, they're, they're, it's very difficult to sell the houses. I guess it was probably a lot worse a year ago than it is today, but still not great today. So a lot of the sellers, the home sellers, are offering financing, just like when we discussed to help sell the business, where the business owner took back financing. Now we have a homeowner picking back financing, acting like a bank. So the buyer of the house comes along, gives a nice down payment, and then makes monthly payments to the seller instead of to a bank. Um, The seller sometimes is happy with this for a while and then decides again, um, uh, maybe he wants to go out and buy another house or whatever he might want a lump sum for, he'll decide to sell some or all of that, of those future payments, and we buy those. Um, So now we're getting payments from somebody who uh, bought a house and put a nice down payment on the house and uh, hopefully will not default on that note. If they do, we, we hope we have enough equity in that house as collateral, so we're not worried so, about it. Is this considered a higher-risk kind of cash flow? Uh, higher than a lottery, higher than an insurance company annuity, sure. But in it's general, not, do they not, have a pretty good good payback record? A track record is very good, yeah, because you know, we're, we're, we're quite selective in terms of well, – we want to see that the buyer put a, a substantial down payment on the house, that uh, the house is not underwater or not even close to being underwater. So there's a lot of things we can we can verify to make sure uh, the risk of this is minimal. But, you know, there are cases and uh, uh, defaults do happen, and uh, you want to be able to foreclose on this and, and still uh, not, and not lose money, still make money, even through a foreclosure. So if you foreclose on it and you still got plenty of equity, you'll be able to sell the house in a resale and get back what you lent that's plus something. The, that's the plan. Uh, and so what, with what's been happening in the real estate market lately, where, where values fell sharply, was this harder to sell private mortgage notes? Um, with the poor real estate market, it has helped um, create more real estate notes that are available to sell for us to buy mm-hmm. because more homes are being sold involving seller financing. Uh, like five or six years ago, uh, people just had to breathe and they could get a loan from the bank. So there was no need for a home seller to offer any kind of financing. Today, it's just the opposite. It's almost impossible. Unless the buyer has 800-plus credit score, um, very difficult to get mortgages. So the seller will act as the uh, uh, as providing the mortgage, and some of them want to keep that, and others don't want to keep it. So there's no more choices. This is what yes. we're buying. 
Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Marty Granoff. He's the Executive Vice President at Granoff Enterprises. Uh, you can find out about him more at granoffenterprises.com and also his phone number, 800-869-6060. And we'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Marty Granoff. Uh, He's the Executive Vice President at Granoff Enterprises. Uh, There's also a public website explaining people uh, how things work in the cash flow business called Cash flow exclusive that he's involved with as well. Welcome back to the show, Marty. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, one area I did want to discuss a little bit more is the whole area of contests. People win contests. This is separate from winning lotteries or casino winnings. How, how does it uh, work as far as winning contests? Yeah, we find this one of the most interesting aspects of the cash flow business and something that so many people just never think about until it's pointed out to them. Um, uh, over the years, people have heard about. Uh, people winning uh, contests sponsored by, let's say, McDonald's uh, of a million dollars or more, Levi Strauss, uh, big prizes, Pillsbury Bake Off, uh, TV shows like uh, So You Want to Become a, uh, uh, So You Want to Become a Millionaire, um, try for, there's, there's so many others that when people win prizes typically of a million or more, 
the show is not writing them a check for a million dollars. The show is giving them maybe $50,000 and going out and buying an annuity from an insurance company to fund the balance at 50000 a year for the next 19 years for a total of 20 payments. And a lot of these people are really surprised by it when they hear about it, that they're not getting their, their full prize that they expected. So we, we do a quite an interesting business of buying those future payments. And we're finding these sponsors are very cooperative uh, to work with. Uh, we don't need to go to court. I mean, they, uh, a lot of times they have their own paperwork, uh, you know, what they want us to, to complete and the disclosures, and, and we can get it done pretty quickly. So we buy those future payments, and the seller's cashed out, the winner, excuse me, is cashed out, and, and, and we get all those future payments. Uh, Very good. Another area that uh, people can get cash flows from is disability income payments. Explain how that works. Yeah, this is uh, quite interesting. Uh, um, one of the the reasons we uh, we initially thought we could not do disability income payments was because typically when the person dies, those payments stop. So how could we go ahead and buy the next 10 years of payments, for example, and the person dies for gets hit by a bus in five years and our payments. We just lost five years of payments. So we, we figured out how we could tie this in with uh, either existing life insurance or uh, have the uh, person go out and buy a new life insurance policy if they could qualify. So then we could tie in our acquisition with getting a collateral assignment on the life insurance portion of this transaction so that if the person lived five years and and was not around for the next five years, those payments that we couldn't get from the disability income company for the last five years, we would get that from the life insurance company as a death benefit. We wouldn't just become a beneficiary. We'd have to be a priority beneficiary because we're not going to start being one of many beneficiaries on a life insurance policy. We want to get paid first. So typically that would be called a collateral assignment or priority beneficiary. So all of a sudden, we're able to do, do buyouts on disability income payments. A lot of people never thought they could do it, and it works really well for some people who don't need those. You know, they're not really disabled, uh, but yet they still qualify for the payments. So if they were to die, you'd get a lump sum from the uh, death benefit, and then you'd invest that lump sum to create an annuity? Is that the idea? No. We'd use that money to buy another cash flow. I see. I see. So, you know, we just, instead of we had expected the payments to come over 10 years, instead they came, using my example, we got all our money in five years. So, okay, so now we have a lump sum here that we didn't expect. That's just available to buy more cash flows with. I see. In general, how long does it take to buy a cash flow? Well, just describe the process. Is it a week? Is it a three months? How long does it typically take to complete a deal? In cases where we need to go to court to get the court orders, that would be the structured settlements and the lottery winnings, uh, we tell people two to two, two to three months. Uh, many times we can do it sooner, rarely, but it does happen. It takes a little bit longer. But uh, figure two to three months for those. Otherwise, it's just it's totally based on the speed of the the sponsor, whether we're dealing with an insurance company or or a company like McDonald's or Levi Strauss, you know, how quickly they agree to process this. Um, rarely get, does it get done in a matter of weeks, uh, typically at least a month, I would, I would say. So it ranges from a month to three months for all cash flows. Another kind of cash flow are life settlements. This is where people have a life insurance policy 
on them. Uh, so how, how does that typically work? The life settlements is uh, an extension of what used to be the viatical business. The viaticals uh, was developed years ago, uh, mainly when AIDS was a problem for us, where a lot of the people had uh, who got who, who uh, became ill uh, with AIDS and had life insurance policies, and they needed the money while they were alive instead of a lump sum payable to their beneficiaries. So investors came along and would buy those uh, policies from the uh, insured, and the insured got a lump sum, and uh, he was happy. Everybody was happy. The idea behind that was that the uh, the life expectancy was very short, so the investor would get paid off pretty quickly and get a nice yield on his investment. Well, thanks to all the new drug cocktails, uh, these uh, the um, ill people are living much longer than expected, so the investors aren't didn't do too well with the viaticals. Well, that morphed into the life settlements, where no, you don't have to be sick; you just need to be old and have a uh, insurance policy that you've had for years and you're looking to cash it in because you don't need the insurance anymore and your only option is the cash value when you cash in the policy. Well, now investors can come along and if you're old enough, uh, they can buy that and pay you more than the cash value of the policy. So you're coming out ahead and the investors now are going to wait and if there's continuing premiums that erode on this, he's got to make those continuing premium payments, and he has this until you pass away and the death benefit goes to the investor instead of to the original insured. But that obviously only works when someone's, I think uh, the starting age is like 72, 73. Yeah. All right, we have about two minutes to go, so why don't you just kind of sum up uh, the advantages of doing a cash flow both as an investor and as somebody who has a cash flow to sell it. Uh, in this business, which a lot of people probably would not have heard of. Well, um, most investors, excuse me, most people who are receiving cash flows from whatever sources, and we just talked about a few, there's hundreds of different sources that people could be getting cash flows from. If they're happy with the cash flows and they don't have any need to accelerate it, uh, wonderful. We're not in a business of trying to convince somebody to sell their cash flows. But if they do have a need for the cash flow, uh, to convert the cash flow, maybe some of it to a lump sum, uh, to, there's an active market out there that uh, we've been in now from, for over 20 years. Uh, from the cash flow broker's point of view, uh, there's nice money to be made there. Just being a finder, just uh, like bird dogging, going out there and finding cash flows available for sale and bringing them to investors like us. There are firms, not too many like us, that only deal with referrals. We're not out there looking for lottery winners or um, people involved in lawsuits. or, or We're not looking for the cash flows. We're looking for the third-party referral sources. That's where all our business comes from. And from the investor point of view, it's been a wonderful business for us. We've been doing this a long time. Uh, We'll continue to do it for a long time, hopefully, and... Uh, it's made a nice living for us, and we, we just love the business. Wonderful business to be in. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Marty Granoff. Uh, he is uh, Executive Vice President at Granoff Enterprises. Uh, you can find him at his website, granoffenterprises.com. Uh, that's a website that he's put together which helps explain this whole business, which is cashflowexclusive.com. And he's also got a phone number, 800-869-6060. Thanks so much for being on The Money Answer Show, Marty. Thank you, Jordan. It's been a pleasure.
Thanks, and we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.